0: this is scott
1: this is rebecca
0: welcome to hearty party of five and a half
1: it's kind of like a variety show
0: that's right a smile for your ears
1: so keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times and let's see what this roller coaster takes us after
2: kayaking where do you
0: Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Probably more adventures and and taking the kids and and kind of exposing them to
2: all sorts of different kind of outdoor adventures and stuff like that. But honestly, uh, I kind of consider myself living the dream currently and I just want to continue living the dream. For me, it's got this kind of really cool balance between tranquility and chaos. This almost like yin and yang of, of kind of life. I kind of always wanted to like become a professional kayaker and always like really dreamed of, of doing this. But at the same time, I never really thought like, how am I going to make it all work? And then, I don't know, dreams became reality and I just like, I turned my passion into, into my lifestyle. So it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. Between my two kids, I've got a six-year-old son, Tucker, and a three-year-old daughter, Parker. They're both adventurous in their own ways, but whether they totally follow my footsteps or not, uh, I'm just trying to enjoy the, the experiences that I have with them. And really, we, we live in such a technology-heavy world right now that I just love for them to, to kind of step out of that and really just see nature for what it is and all of its beauty. I'm still... Definitely doing risky stuff, but I guess I'm more cautious because more than anything, I I just don't want my kids to grow up without a dad.
0: Welcome to a hearty party of five and a half from Keystone, Colorado. We're here on our annual family ski adventure.
1: And speaking of adventure, we just talked to Nick Troutman. He is a world champion athlete. He's a podcast host, he's a content creator, and he's a consultant and coach. And more than any of that, he's a family man.
0: He is a family man, and that's what I enjoy today. So you guys don't even have to be like a huge fan of kayaking or anything like that to love this interview because he talks so much about being a family guy and how to travel and see things on a budget of any kind. And so I loved it so much. It was a great interview, and I hope you enjoy it. Here's our interview with Nick Troutman. Okay, Nick, you're from Canada, is that right?
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, born and and raised up in Canada, and yeah, when I was around, I guess, I don't know, I've been traveling abroad since I was like 16, and then uh, the the very short version, because I could tell you the longer version of this story, but um, (laughs) is that uh, I essentially got asked to come uh, travel and compete with um, my like idol in the sport of kayaking at the time. And, and went and traveled around with his family for six months. I became really close with the family and his daughter. And then a couple of years later, we started dating and then we got engaged. And long story short, I've been living down in Tennessee for like 13 or 14 or 15 years, something like that. Yeah.
0: So what was it like growing up in like, Canada, were there a lot of, what was your activities? Did you have the outdoor adventure or
2: were you more like athletics, like traditional athletics or? Um, I would say a bit of everything. Um, so I grew up in a small town and within that small town, um, I don't know, I guess you're just kind of introduced into just whatever the local, what, what normal people do in that, in, in that environment. Area. And so, yeah. Uh, so I did a lot of like what I would call traditional sports, like, um, baseball, hockey, uh, mm-hmm. a little bit of soccer, but not really. Um, and I was just very interested into sports as a kid, like my older brother. I'm also the a middle child. So I've got an older and younger brother of three mm-hmm. years, uh, separation of both of us. And, um, and I always joked that I wanted to be a professional athlete in like any sport that I picked up. Like I'd pick up a tennis racket and I'd be like, oh, I'm going to be a pro- professional tennis player when I grow up. And my brother would be like, you've never even played tennis in your life. Like, you know nothing about that. I'm like, OK, maybe I'll be a professional basketball player. Like, just like, I don't know. I just I thought being a, a professional athlete was like this cool idea. Yeah. Um, Anyway, and so yeah, long story short, I did all the traditional sports. When I was in high school, um, I got really into rugby and hockey, again, was like a big part of my life pretty much through my whole childhood. Um, And then I was also pretty into skiing. And then I got into skateboarding and snowboarding a little bit more in high school. And then uh, kind of in that same era as when I found kayaking and and the mm. aspect that there was the a freestyle component of kayaking really um was a big draw for me. And so as soon as I like found out that you could do like flips and tricks and stuff, I was like, oh, well, this <laughs> it's, it's not just these like pointy boats that you know float downstream. Um
1: yeah,
2: yeah I, I thought That's that cool. was pretty cool. And then on the on the you know, flip side too, my home river was the Ottawa River up in Canada and it's essentially like if you follow skiing or anything like that, it's like the, the Whistler, um, black comb of freestyle kayaking. Like it's arguably the best, the best river in the world. And so the combination of all that stuff, uh, eventually I had a big, big draw to kayaking, but I kind of started off in all the other traditional sports.
1: So what was that moment that, uh, I think you were like 13 maybe when kayaking really got a hold of you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Essentially that same, same time, like, um, it started, I guess, with my, with my best friend who, uh, Joel Kowalski, he, we did a lot of sports together. We played hockey together. Uh, we skied and we snowboarded and we skateboarded and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then one summer he was like, Hey, I'm going to go try kayaking at my dad's, uh, kayak school. I'm probably not going to be able to hang out with you that much this summer. And at the time we had spent like a lot of time together. Uh, and I was kind of bummed. I was like, Oh, bummer. He's like, well, you could come try it if you want. And so I was like, yeah, sure. I'll give it a shot. And within 15 minutes, I just, I fell in love with the sport. I fell in love with the, you know, the whole freestyle aspect. Um, I pretty much learned how to roll immediately. And then Joel, who, again, my best friend was like in the class above me, cause he had already done like a week ahead of me or something like that. And so he already knew a couple of things. So then I was just trying to play catch up and trying to learn as fast as I could. And, yeah, the whole thing was just, it was new and it was exciting. And it was pretty much like inseparable. And I, for the most part, haven't left a kayak uh, since. And that was <laughs> like 18 years ago or yeah. 20 years ago, something like that. Yeah.
1: So, it, so of your of the other sports, what's your favorite sport? Like you talked about other sports you've played. Other than kayaking, What, which one would you say is your second favorite?
2: Oh, man. <clears throat> I don't know if I have an answer for that. I I love pretty much anything that gets me in the outdoors so i I like rock climbing i love skiing and snowboarding i love surfing um (laughs) yeah i mean anything i I, i've never yeah i haven't even skydived before or like anything like that and i'm like oh i think i want to get into skydiving i'd love to try that i want to try paragliding (laughs) some more yeah pretty much get me in the outdoors and i'm going to be yeah yeah
1: I've done skydiving twice, and it's pretty cool. I haven't done solo yet, but I've Wait, done two tandems. You've done something adventurous that Nick has well, not done? <laughs> yeah, that would be the one thing, I
2: think. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's pretty cool, that,
2: then. That's cool. I definitely have to give it a shot for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So recently, we talked to Eric and He's the first blind man that uh, summited Everest. And he also kayaked the Grand Canyon. And that's one of the big things we talked to him about. <laughs> But he was talking about that kayaking was scarier to him than climbing the tallest mountain in the world. And he talked about the like the unpredictability of the water. Like and probably when he's just using his hearing, he's just hearing it from all sides. So what what what's going through your mind when you're going through like the roughest water you can go through? How do you navigate that? I can't even imagine. I don't even know. (laughs)
2: Um, I'm trying to think exactly how to answer this. What's going through my mind or like, how am I hearing it? Like just what's going,
1: how do you navigate it? And what's your thought process as you're going through? Do you like
2: step back and
0: you're like, okay, we're going to go this way and we're going to do that. And then once you get in it, you're just like, your mind's just in it and you just got to go or are you? Yeah. Yeah. I
2: mean, I feel like, like, yeah. Yeah, no, I was going to say it's a lot like that where um, for the hardest rapids anyway, it's best to to kind of get out and scout the line beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, at least I, I would advise people to do that.
0: Um, <laughs> I don't yeah. know, I've watched some of your videos. You scout all that out before you do it?
2: <laughs> I, I like to think most of it I scout out. Or at least I'll <laughs> like follow somebody that's trustworthy, but um. <laughs> But once you're, the, the thing about kayaking versus maybe climbing um, or some other sports um, is the fact that the environment is continually changing. And so, oh,
0: yeah.
2: I mean, unless you're climbing like, you know, in snow and you're worried about avalanches or things like that, or maybe, you know, loose rock, for the most part, the mountain's pretty still, right? Like it's not moving at, at all the time. Yeah. Uh, whereas in the river, you can scout your line and you can like, you know, find your line or whatever. But once you're in it, that the river's continually changing. Like the, the only constant mm-hmm. about kayaking is that there is no constants in, in mm-hmm. the sense that the rapids are constantly changing. And so you're just continually adapting the whole time. So once you kind of peel out of the eddy and you're in, you know, the flow, um, which ironically is like, in my mind, such a perfect analogy with like the flow state and stuff like that. But uh, you're you're just forced into this environment that you have to make lightning, <clears throat> sorry, lightning fast decisions um, and just adapt with the scenario that's at hand. And so, you know, if a wave breaks or if a, a boil pushes you in one direction or not, you can't, you can't stop and think about it and reassess. You've got to like make, you know, just uh, quick decisions and keep going. And, and there's no like pausing the river. Like you can't, at least (laughs) when you're like, when you're climbing, you can like pause and start to like, think out your move, right. Take a break and
1: reassess. Yeah.
2: Right. Or like, where's maybe my next handhold or foothold or whatever. I'm going to look around and really assess the situation. Um, when you're in the rapid, the flow just, you know, it keeps pushing you. So you're just, you're just taken with whatever's coming at you all at once. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. This is there's a, there, this is a like mother's. You nervous? This is a mother's worst
0: nightmare. I yeah. find my twenty-three-year-old's phone all the time in the water. Like I can yeah. find his phone. He's either in the water or he's in a big patch of green, and he just will always like send me videos when he's out. He has a GoPro on his, and I'm like, oh my gosh, Just let me know you're out of the water. Well, at least you know when you get the video, he's out. When yeah. you get when you get yeah. the video, he's yeah. out of the water. Yeah.
2: So <laughs> what's yeah, my what's, mom? Yeah, do well, it. My mom used my mom used to be uh, like pretty worried as well, and she would. She'd always tell me like, oh, call me like once you're off the river or text. Well, yeah. it was probably before text even. So it was like, call yeah. me. She would always say like, oh, call me, whatever. And I just, I was also probably young and and just didn't want to call my mom all the time. Yeah. Like a combination of both probably. And, and yeah. so yeah. Um, I'd be like, mom, how's this? I'll call you when I'm in trouble. And if I don't call you, you can expect that everything's okay. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> At first, she wasn't that into it, but now it's just you know she's gotten accustomed to it.
0: The situation is: if you have lost your phone, how are you going to call me if you're in trouble? See, mm. the mom mom's mind works this way. Yeah, <laughs> it's problematic. Wait till your wait, you have wait till your kids are out of out of your control down yeah. the river,
2: and you're like, now where are they? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't. It's I don't a, have an answer for that one. Yeah, I know it's tricky. It's so, what's tricky. been your
1: like your hardest run? Like where you were like, oh, this is this is something.
0: Have you
2: done the Grand Canyon yet? Uh, I, I have, yeah. I've yeah. Um, been fortunate enough to to do it twice uh, so far. It's super, it's a gorgeous run. It really mm-hmm. is uh, amazing. Just in the, it's a beautiful combination of like just very scenic environment. Uh, this really cool deep canyon that is mm-hmm. filled with tons of history. Um, and then also some really great whitewater and rapids in there. So, and the fact that you get to camp out and yeah, the whole thing is is a is a ton of fun and uh if anybody hasn't done it i highly encourage everybody if you have the opportunity to go paddle yeah. the grand canyon at some point it's a, a yeah, highlight it, of life for sure
0: the canyon part of that is
2: the oh, canyon part of that is so yeah.
0: fascinating I, when we were interviewing eric that's what he was talking about was like the sound the way it bounces off the canyon and how it was really confusing to him about where things were because of the echo back there which i thought was so fascinating
2: yeah i could totally see that that Yeah, the canyon walls definitely give off an Mm -hmm. echo and it it would it would trip you out. Even like yeah, I I experienced that myself where just like paddling down and being aware that it's an echo because I'm I'm I can see the rapids coming up or whatever, but that it sounds like it's coming from a totally different direction. Yeah. So crazy. Okay, let's talk about.
1: So family. hold on, want, oh, he okay. was about to share his hardest run.
2: Oh, okay, things,
1: yes,
0: I sorry, <laughs> I was wanting to talk about the family, but we can talk about the hardest <laughs> run. First.
2: Uh, hardest, hardest run. I don't know if I have a definite answer for that. Um, Please don't
0: say Worcester in Oklahoma, with Drew, our son. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: I don't. I don't think that was my hardest run. No, I would probably. I'd probably say maybe something over in California or. Iceland, maybe I. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. I yeah. mean, I've been okay. super fortunate to to paddle Not a all lot. over the. You've the paddled world. in Iceland. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! It's, uh, That's it's cool. It's one of my favorite places. Yeah, it's gorgeous over there That's for sure. So oh wow! Can't take the RV over there though, can you? No, it's harder to drive. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta jump on an airplane. <laughs>
0: right. Okay, I want to know all about Emily, and from this point forward. Eric, uh Eric, Nick, all your answers need to be directed into having making sure that my husband understands that we could live this lifestyle. Okay.
1: Yes, she so, wants okay. to RV. I'm I want to RV.
0: I need you to guide us in that direction. <laughs> oh. Okay. So oh. how did you meet Emily? You you tell us a little bit earlier. And then how did how does she feel about all of this RVing business with children and all of that?
2: Well, the I guess the longer version of my previous story is uh I'm trying to think how to, how not to repeat myself too much. Yeah. The longer version is essentially, um, I met Emily when I was, uh, super young. He, she was my best friend, Joel, who got me into kayaking. She was his younger sister's best friend. Okay. And so we met before I got into kayaking and anything like that. And we, we would kind of tease each other cause we were kids and yeah, that's just what kids do. Yeah. Um, and then I got into kayaking, fell in love with the sport. Her dad was, I don't know, at the time, three, four time world champion and was like one of my heroes in the sport, probably my, my biggest hero in the sport. And I just I totally loved what he was doing and wanted to do more of that. He then started his own kayak company called Jackson Kayak. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to become awesome. a, a team member. Yes. Uh, Jackson, I, I Kai- this is our sons. The,
0: the <laughs> yeah, he's, around. he's got his yeah. Jackson
2: kayak with him all the time. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so yeah, then I went and traveled with them. I got to be fairly close with the family. Um, but there was kind of like this rule that uh, I could, I could be on the team and I could travel with them, but I couldn't date their daughter. And I was like <laughs> super into kayaking. So I wasn't going to like risk, you know, this opportunity to go paddle and train with my hero, uh, you know, for some girl or something like that. I was like, (laughs) you know, pretty, pretty devoted. Um, And then, and then quickly, uh, I don't know if you'd say I I just fell in love or what, but I was definitely like, okay, I really like this girl. I'm going to, you know, risk this whole kayaking opportunity. And so uh, I guess probably like two years later, I went up to EJ and I was like, hey, um i love being on your team and traveling with you guys and competing and learning from you guys but uh i i really want to date your daughter and if that means i can't be on team jackson kayak then then so be it um and so that was kind of i mean i don't know i might be paraphrasing that a little bit but um and he just gave me like a a big high five and he was like i was like just waiting for you to ask like they they kind (laughs) of loved me at the time i guess and so um he was all excited and then we dated for like two years um and then the same kind of thing when I was like going to ask him, uh, you know, for his approval to, uh, to ask Emily to marry me. And, and so we'd been paddling a whole bunch and I was like, Oh, I'm going to ask him now, like for his approval. And I kept putting it off. Cause I was super intimidating. Like if you know the guy, he's kind of an intimidating guy. He's like super <laughs> strong and just like, you know, larger than life character. And, um, so I'm like putting it off. And then eventually I'm like, man, I, I can't put it off a whole, much, a whole bunch later. And so I was like, Hey, EJ, I'm going to ask Emily to marry me. Like, uh, is it, or maybe I said something like, is it okay if I ask Emily to marry me or something like that? And, and he was like, Oh, high five. And like, same, same thing. Like I was super nervous, but he was very, uh, supportive and in, in his like joking style, he was like, well, I, I doubt she'd ever say yes anyway. And so (laughs) that's always kind of like, we've got, we've got a pretty close relationship that way. But um, yeah, then Emily and I, we got married and, and the, the cool part about to kind of 360, this long story around uh, the traveling in the RV and all that stuff is she grew up uh, her whole life, pretty much traveling in an RV or at least they, Mm -hmm. they were seven or eight, years full-time where they didn't even have a house they just had an rv and they traveled around and so she grew up like her whole elementary and high school actually she did homeschooling out of the rv and just traveled around um with her dad who was competing and then when she got a little bit older her and her brother started competing as well so it wasn't a hard uh it's not like i had to like really convince her or twist her arm to get her to kind of want to do the same thing because she was super used to that
0: she was into it
2: um Yeah, she was obviously super into it. As far as like trying to convince uh, Scott for like, you know, getting into traveling (laughs) around and and, uh, the whole RV life. What I would say, and this is actually a line from the father-in-law from EJ is uh, he says that the beauty about the RV lifestyle is it's the best real estate that you, you could ever buy. Meaning that your RV, you can park it Anywhere that you want to be, so you, you, there's no way that you could afford all the real estate in the world that the RV will bring mm-hmm. you, because you just, yeah. unless you're like Elon Musk, you just can't <laughs> buy up that much property. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can't, and, and you're, you're, you're gonna be able to travel there, and anyway, so um, yeah, the, the fact that that you can just travel around so mm-hmm. much, all these unique places, and then on yeah. top of that, it's, it's, it's the ultimate freedom in the sense that. Um, if the weather's bad, go somewhere else. If, if you're into kayaking and you know, the, the rivers aren't running, go to where they are running. If you're into Mm -hmm. skiing or snowboarding, if there isn't, you know, much snow this year, go to a different mountain range. Uh, like it's essentially the ultimate freedom that you can just kind of go anywhere. If you want warmer weather, you know, go South, go wherever you want to go. That's, that's warmer. If you want a drier climate, uh, you know, go West, whatever. So yeah, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, uh, I love it. Recommend it more highly. Yes.
1: Okay, so I'm gonna get it really practical here. What's the toilet situation on the RV? This <laughs> is one. This is one thing that really concerns me. <laughs> what? Like, it's so what? What's the it, process? It's like? actually
0: trees outside. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you can't always do that outside. <laughs> no. Yeah. I,
2: yeah, it's it's a lot easier than that. I mean. um <laughs> you're not the first person to, to kind of ask how this all works. Cause I think yeah. it's actually a pretty common thing, <laughs> but it's, we lived out of like a, a Honda Westfall. No, we lived out of a Honda element and a Westfalia and a Subaru we lived out of like a, a ton of cars before we got into um, RVs and stuff like that. When Emily and I were like super young um, and having an RV with a toilet is a hundred times better because you actually have a toilet. Um, <laughs> and then, It's a very simple process that whenever your your black water or your gray water tanks are full, you just drive it to a dump station of some sort. Like there's, you know, there's public stations. There's uh, you go to an RV park. There's a lot of different places to like, to to properly dump it. And then you just hook up a hose. uh, You can wear like, you know, rubber gloves, hook up this hose. (laughs) It's all like super simple. And then you just pull a lever. Yeah, it's 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 easy. essentially like a so easy. a second step of the exact same of like flushing a toilet. The problem is, it's, the problem end is that end, and then you flush the toilet again.
0: The problem okay. is that he has so, watched the movie beautiful. RV with Have you Rob seen Williams, Robin Williams, maybe? and that's all he knows about. And it just shoots up like an oil well, at him? yeah. That's, that's all. I can that's imagine. all he knows. <laughs> i'll 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 do
1: it you do the okay. i'll
0: do it <laughs> we'll try it for summer yeah <laughs> that's right my parents are full-time it's... RVers, or they have been for 11 years and they do work camping at different um rv parks and their biggest their like biggest luxury was when they got a washer and dryer in their rv that was like a big deal. Mm. and they could have a little more luxury yeah that's a big deal so how do you wrangle the washer kids they...
2: dryer do so it do you have a washer and dryer mean, I'm sure you... No, no, we don't. Uh, oh, you don't? A okay. washer and dryer would be a big deal. Yeah, yeah. So that's where cool. do you do your laundry? Um,
0: We're getting real practical. <laughs> get, I need like, to answer all the, take out all the practical. No, no,
2: no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's all good. We just go to like a, a coin laundry, okay. laundry yeah. place, um, oh, that's cool. like in any town. Most of his we'll interviews like, are probably like, we'll things. Like <laughs> ours are on like, how do you
0: flush your toilet?
1: Yeah.
0: That's what we got to do. You're right? trying to convince me. I'm so trying to convince that's you. That's what I needed to know. <laughs> so what's a typical day like it's in, your, in your RV? Like with your kids, I saw that you were homeschooling them or she, your wife is doing a little bit of that um, in the first episode
2: in Bentonville, Arkansas. And so like, how old are your kids? Uh, my son Tucker, he's eight, and my daughter Parker is five. Um, okay, so she's doing kindergarten. And...
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Something like that. Yeah. So we, uh, yeah, I think maybe one. I think a kindergarten. I don't. I don't even know. It might be grade one. I'm not. I'm not certain. Yeah. That, it goes to it. show how attentive I truly am. <laughs> I think I'm also like. I, I think my son's in grade three, but uh, again, maybe we should have had Emily on. Four, I'm sure. as well. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. You probably should have, (laughs) Emily would be slapping me upside the back of the head for sure. Um, (laughs) Clearly Emily does a lot more of the homeschooling than I do, uh, just by answering those simple questions, but I do, uh, well, she kind of helps me where she'll like, she'll tell me some days like, oh, here, you need to do school with the kids, but she'll like open up the books and just tell me like what lessons that we're doing. It's pretty straightforward. And I can be, uh, um, a fairly, uh, easy job being a teacher but man it, it props to the teachers of the world out there like mm, yeah. there's definitely some patience needed at yes. times oh uh, for sure but yeah I mean honestly it's uh the, the whole thing's fairly I don't know it's just I would say it's easy but at the same time it's I think it's just what we're used to so I don't know if it is easier or if it's just easy for me I don't know but it's uh once i i guess i'll put it this way once you once you force yourself in any situation i think you're just going to and maybe this is because of the whole kayaking uh environment that i've spent so much time in that that i'm used to just reacting with whatever life kind of throws at me mm-hmm. so if we're out in the trailer or in the rv or whatever and you know there's a situation hopefully nothing like the movie rv where the black is <laughs> exploding or anything like that yeah. but uh you you just kind of deal with it right and it's the same with homeschooling it's the same with traveling and it's yeah i mean i don't know i think we just kind of like you you do what you want to do and if life throws you uh lemons you try to make aid out of it i guess i don't know i don't have a better analogy for you yeah
0: so you guys recently started this um this show called the great what is it called the great family adventure yeah, I love this. I wish we I really done love this it. when our kids were younger. It would have been right up our alley yeah. when our kids were younger. We made a list of all the places we wanted to take them before they were out of the house up to 18 and lined up the years with it. We were very organized, but much less like what you guys are. Hey, it's time to move. Get in the RV. We're going somewhere else. Mine. Ours was a little more calculated of like, yeah. here's where we're going to take our kids. But I love this whole adventure idea. And recently, you guys, we saw. I saw the Bentonville, Arkansas one, which was so cool. But then at the end of it, Emily's like, Hey, we're done. We're going to go see where else we can go. And I'm like, Whoa, what? (laughs) You can just kind of do that. And so where did the idea of this show come from? And like, what, what do you hope
2: to achieve with it? Oh gosh. Great, great question. Um, Where did this show idea come from? I It had been something that I'd been kind of like working on for a couple of years. Um, I had this idea a couple of years ago that it would just be a fun idea to kind of one to travel around. um, Well, I mean, we were already were traveling around with the family. So I guess I guess more than anything, it was more like an idea to to kind of share the travels with other people and and then also kind of like this interview, but to encourage other people that one that it's possible and it's really not that difficult you mm-hmm. just kind of have to leap of faith and go for it um and so that's kind of like i guess the goal of the show is to for the most part just to encourage other people to i don't know one to spend time with their with their family um mm-hmm. and to to you know, to get outside to go explore and uh to to do rad adventures because even just with America alone, like obviously born and raised up in Canada and, and I've traveled abroad, I would encourage everybody to travel as much as possible because it's such a great opportunity to just learn so much. Uh, or at least it has been for me and something that I want to share with my kids, but it's also something that being that I've been so fortunate to be able to do this, that I'd love to encourage other people to do the same. And uh, I've heard, from my family members, from, you know, they're just like, oh, well, I just can't, you know, I just can't, I've got, I've got a job or I've got bills or I've got, there's always an excuse of why you can't do it. I don't make enough money. I, I can't do that. And it's like, well, I don't think you know how much money I make. And I don't think, you know, how what my bills look like or anything like we've all got the same thing it, it doesn't matter one it doesn't matter how much money you make you're gonna have bills uh, two it doesn't matter how much money you make you can go travel it could it could just go into you know either your municipal park that's just on the street it could be going to uh the state park that's down the road it could be cro- going across the country to uh, a national park of sorts or it could be jumping on an airplane and going abroad and so there's so many opportunities to go explore at any budget. Um, and that's kind of a little, I guess what the show is more or less trying to encourage is just like, get out, explore, yeah. spend time with family.
0: I love that. I love that at any budget. I mean, I, I'm a hairdresser, so I am, I do have a job where I'm tied to a location except clientele, but I do talk to a lot of clients about travel and, and as we've done a lot of traveling and that's, they're always asking me, well, you know, what are the places to go to? And I'm always like, here's a, here's a free list of things to do in Colorado Springs. I mean, there's so many things to do yeah. out there that are budget. Friendly. It doesn't have to be
1: as expensive as you think. You right.
0: Know? Yeah. It doesn't have to be, even though our son says right. that we are, we're super bougie because we stay in, we a hotel. stay in hotels. He's like sleeping yeah. in his car, you know, but we're like, but we actually, you know, I'm 50. So <laughs> yeah, but that's still. like
2: the perfect example though with your son is that like, He's able to travel around and he's, whether he's sleeping in a tent or, you know, on the dirt somewhere or in the back of his car, but he's still able to do it. And he, he's essentially yeah. trying to overcome the obstacles by essentially taking action and going for it. Yeah, That's exactly. Um, right. Exactly. So we've,
0: we've seen a lot of like that if, generation, that they're very much like, we're either going to go get a degree and do the college life. And, or a lot of them are just like, I'm going to be off the grid and I'm not doing any of that. And they are choosing this, this path. Yeah,
1: and I think it's cool. Like you mentioned, travel. I, I guess. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. No, no, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. No, I, I was just gonna say I'm probably more personally with uh, with your son Drew in the sense of just like go and explore the world and and you know, yeah, yeah. get my get my degree that way. Um, school of hard knocks. <laughs> but at the same point, it's 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 not like there's a right answer. It's to each their right. own, right? And so um, if So going to school and getting your degree, if if that's super important to you, then go do that. If Mm -hmm. traveling the world and trying to experience, you know, different cultures and stuff like that is really important to you, go do that. You've got, uh, you've got one life to live. So, you know, live it the best that you can and uh, experience as much as you can and realize that there's no right answer or wrong answer. And Mm -hmm. I've got to constantly remind myself that with parenting, I'm like, man, I wish my kids sometimes came with an instructional manual because I'm sure I'm (laughs) doing things wrong all the time. But uh, but yeah. I also try to just remind myself that, that there's no right or wrong answer.
0: Yeah, I'm sure on the on all the on all the episodes we'll watch of your of your show, there's maybe I don't know I haven't seen any yet of like the kids just totally losing it and breaking down and just having a bad go of it, and you having to you know get everybody back in check. I'm sure that probably never happens in your in your in your RV. It's always probably just beautiful, isn't it? <laughs>
2: that happens all the time that All the time.
1: <laughs> when well, I love what you were saying about traveling though because we've traveled a lot and I've traveled overseas and it is I there's really no way to replace that education mm-hmm. of just being in a new culture and you just understand how we're so similar because we always think of our differences but when you when you're in different countries you realize we're so similar
0: mm-hmm yeah, you know, and I think right. that's it,
1: it helps you interact with people better mm-hmm. as you get older and
0: yeah.
2: Like it's great for your kids. I I, I don't too that uh um the I'm gonna look it up quick. The Mark, the Mark Twain quote on traveling. Um gosh, mm-hmm. what is it? What is that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember it.
1: I know what he's I know what he's going at. Totally
2: I've got half of it in, in my head and I and I can't <laughs> quote the, the thing properly. Uh uh here it is travel is uh travel is fatal to prejudice bigotry and narrow minus um mm-hmm. and many people essentially <laughs> the coolest note version is um uh, travel remo- removes uh prejudice and and mm-hmm. different thought patterns of of you know that your way is the right way and right um for me like like for instance in in north america a very simple analogy you know we a lot of people now as of lately there's you know people that are eating vegan lifestyles and stuff like that but when i grew up eating cows was normal um that was just kind of a normal thing you'd eat hamburger right um or steaks or whatever but eating horse was not normal right but if you go to another country like iceland where they have an abundance of horses and and a lack of cattle they eat horse and if you go to India, where a cow is a religious, mm-hmm. a religious, or or um, symbol mm-hmm. status or or what yeah. symbol symbol is the word that I'm looking for? Um. Then and and you don't eat uh, you don't eat beef or anything like that. So it's just like we're all taught what we like, because that's just the way that we were taught. It's the way that we were raised. And 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 if you don't travel rarely do we question those, those thought patterns because it's just like, well, I was taught this way and that's just the way it is. Um, but the more that you travel and the more that you see other cultures and other ways of life and just how other people do, wait a second, maybe that's just one way. It doesn't mean that it's the only, uh, and -hmm. there's so many ways you can add into, into every different aspect, but, um, food's one of the easiest but yeah, there's just Mm -hmm. so many, so many ways to look at life. Yeah. So many different, another example, which I don't know if it, if it makes perfect sense, but, um, I had friends, um, from Uganda that were coming to the world championships up in Canada. And it was kind of like, uh, early fall, I think it was end of August or early September, something like that. Anyway, they, they came from Uganda up to Canada and the sun is setting and sun's setting w- whatever time it was like nine o'clock at night and they they're like no 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 it's like it's like seven o'clock or 6 30 or what, whatever time that they thought it wasn't and, and we're like no no it's it's nine o'clock and they're like no dude i've lived my entire life i know that this is the time when the sun sets because they live near the equator and the sun always sets at the exact same time every day for their entire life wow, and they're wow. just like, t- t- it's, it's like a, yeah like a a, a state altering scenario where they're like, wait a second, you mean that the sun sets at different times in different places of the world? Like just that simple, crazy. you know, idea. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, 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 what else out there maybe was I, you know, that I thought were like concrete facts that yeah. could be different in el- other places of the world. So yeah, yeah mm-hmm. there's, I don't know, travel. Yeah I, yeah. I couldn't encourage that more for sure. I think
0: that's a super cool environment to raise your kids in with those philosophies and being able to Introduce them to all the different cultures and also all the different age groups and such. I know one thing that we were we wanted our kids to be able to carry on a a conversation with an adult as well as a child when they were children, you know, teaching them how to talk to an older person, you know, sit down on the couch and have a conversation, you know, and so that this just lends itself to like so many wonderful experiences for them. I'm sure you're doing a great job. I know there's many breakdowns in the RV. But <laughs> I'm sure you're doing a great job. So what are your philosophies with them and how do you teach them to be fearless? Do your kids watch you like go off this amazing waterfall and they're like never ever do I want to do that or they like let me in. I'm I want to go with dad.
2: Um I guess as, as far as the like fearlessness part um my children are very different in that aspect in the sense that my son seems to be up to this point in life much more like my wife uh and very like calculated and somewhat risk averse and my daughter is probably a lot more like me and and way more um ready to take on risk and like you know, I'm going to jump and learn how to fly on the way down. And so <laughs> they, they both like kayaking, um, but they have kind of different, uh, different ways to kind of go about it. My son's definitely more, um, more like calculated and wants to really understand everything before he kind of dives in. And my daughter's just like, let me at it. Um, the other weird part about that, was like, how much of it is nature versus nurture um, mm-hmm. in this? son looks a lot like my, it clearly has a lot of genes. And so how much of it is maybe like genetics that he's like a lot like my wife. And then my daughter looks a lot like me. And so how much of it is genetics that she's more, you know, uh, ready to take on risk like myself or how much of it is environment in the sense that my, my wife was a firstborn child and my son is a firstborn I was a second born. My daughter's a second born. Like it's, it's, I don't know. I don't have the answers, but it's interesting to think sometimes like how much of it is genetics, how much of it is environment, how much of it is like just coincidence. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of truth to
0: that birth order thing. Even though our son, that's the adventure. He is the oldest, but he is definitely still the adventure. But there is a lot of truth to that. They're natural born kind of leaders and like go-getters. So that's kind of cool.
1: Well, On the other side of childhood, there's a great moment in your first episode, like you had just taken the kids on a little wave that they could go through in Bentonville, because that's where your first episode is, and once they got out, they just got, it was so hilarious to watch them get muddy from head to toe, and it's just one of those great kid moments, you know, Mm -hmm. and it it just seemed like y'all loved it too. You were like, you're totally into this, and I was just, I was just wondering, like in your life, I feel like that carefree attitude is kind of what even personally and professionally, just that having fun and enjoying the moment is something mm-hmm. that, that you're really into, too. Mm-hmm. So is that something? I
2: mean, I mean one, yeah. I get that. I, oh, I, I was going to say, I, I do try my best to, uh, to enjoy the moment and, and live the moment, which again, I'm continually trying to improve on that. Um, but as far, as far as the, as that like whole mud pit scene in, in the TV show, we had like finished wrapping for the day. Like we or finished filming, like it was a wrap. Like we got the the kayak clips, whatever. And we're, we're literally packing everything up and walking to get the drive back and I turn around and my daughter's just like laying (laughs) in the mud, making like mud jewels and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, how are we going to get back in the truck now? And so <laughs> it, it just turned into like we obviously turned the cameras back, film, but it was like we, one, it was not planned. And we were like very much like ready to leave. And I was like, oh, my gosh, how are we going to deal with this? Like so we had to like take the kids. They played in the mud for a bit, but then we like had to take them swimming back in the river, try to clean them off, <laughs> uh, strip them down and like put them back in the truck and stuff yeah. like that. Again, I, I guess more than anything, it's just like, kind of, kind of what I've been when saying this kind of this whole episode or this whole interview is just saying, like, life throws whatever it wants at you. And sometimes you just have to deal with it. And I think Paris is like the, I don't know if, if just all my time spent in a kayak has like helped prepare me for that or not. Um. But yeah, you just gotta deal with whatever life throws at you.
0: Yeah. We in, the, in parenting for us when our kids were little and they'd go out and you'd be climbing in the treehouse. We'd look out and we'd say, is today a good game to, good day to go to the ER if we need to go? To the, yeah, it's a good day. Stay in the treehouse. And then the other days we'd yeah. be like, no, no, we don't have time today. You've got to, you got to get out of the treehouse today because we don't have time to go to the ER tonight. <laughs> That's how we made our decisions. Like, do we have time in our day to like manage this situation if it becomes out of control? <laughs> But we love letting them go and do. It's so great to let them do that. So often parents now are very much like, you know, it feels like things are too safe, too safe.
1: So I wonder Mm -hmm. if the younger generation is like kind of pushing back against that. And that's why Mm -hmm. they want this more freedom and, you know, just being on the road. I can see that. Yeah. Okay. So for the show, you've been to Bentonville and you were in Tennessee in the last episode. Can you give us like a hint of where you're going next? Or do you you know where you're going next? Where
0: are you going next? And how do you decide? Yeah. Do you really just say, we're going here now? Water looks good over there? That's what you do?
2: I mean, as far as uh as far as everyday traveling that's definitely what we do um as far as like where we're filming there is a little there is a little bit of planning that goes like mm-hmm. into it in in the sense of we don't all just like jump in the truck together and drive to the next spot um we we've, we've already filmed our third episode i don't know if i'm even supposed to say where it is filmed <laughs> or not but it the third episode is actually up on uh the ottawa river in canada oh. in, in my hometown oh. where i grew up we only so.
0: have a couple of that listeners was, now that it's was, gonna be fun it'll be, You'll be good <laughs> <laughs> it'll
2: be it fun it was super fun um so that's back where yeah, you we, grew up we were then. actually up there it, yeah yeah
1: yeah that's so cool that's awesome
0: uh our son dates a yeah, girl from then, Manville, so we had just spent a lot of time there it's a really cool place
2: awesome there's a lot to do there super sad place i'd been there was previously to filming and uh that was actually one of the reasons why we wanted to go film there because i had like yeah. just great biking and just mm-hmm. i don't know so much stuff to do and yeah so that's kind of like i don't know there's there's a combination of different things in the sense that sometimes we just kind of pick want to go film other times um if like you know tourism board kind of wants to to help promote their area and they reach out to us and say hey what do you guys think about filming here whatever uh it's kind of like a, a mixed bag of like where where we go and and all that stuff but there's definitely there's like a little bit of planning uh, that, that goes into each show for sure
1: <laughs> no it's awesome we're, we are loving the show.
0: we
2: love um,
1: it.
0: and our 23 year olds watching it too oh, and yeah he, we we recommend so many things for him to watch he doesn't usually watch them so we're like what we, we have the same love here with your family right. and with him. It's, it's drawn us together. Cool. And we're
1: so much cooler
0: now that we, <laughs> we're so much cooler. That's right. Um, so, you're I assume you're back in
1: Tennessee for Christmas, right? Do y'all hang out there mm-hmm. for Christmas? So, what's Christmas like for, the, for your fam? Um, what's
2: Christmas like? Uh, I mean, we're in tennessee so there's usually not very much snow if any last year we yeah. actually had white christmas which was pretty cool the kind of i think it was like the, the first time in like 30 years or something but um it's usually pretty warm so we're usually outside playing uh some sort of games and stuff like that the kids on christmas morning wake us up i think a pretty classic you know kids yeah. wake up your parents like oh Santa Case. it's like we go open presents yeah. i probably make some coffee sip some coffee while they're open for presents um, <laughs> then we'll go up to uh, Emily's, Emily's parents and my in-laws live like a minute away from us we're oh, okay. pretty much next door neighbors <clears throat> and um, and so we'll go have breakfast up there and do just a lot of family stuff we're only home we're on the road like six to ten months out of the year and we're only really home for a couple months out of the entire year and that's usually the holidays so we're usually home like for Thanksgiving Christmas New Year's that kind of thing maybe a little bit of time in between but um so we we try to like spend as much time around home for the holidays and Mm -hmm. and spend a lot of with family and stuff like that and then uh yeah we actually we head out on the road again January 5th or 6th uh, to film our next episode after that and so um we'll we'll be hanging out through new year's and then we'll kind of pack the truck and trailer back up and hit the road again do
0: you do you and emily exchange
2: christmas presents we do uh we definitely do i think actually this year i told her um well we'll see i might end up getting her a present anyway we we had kind of like come to terms that we would uh give each other like uh, a mutual gift where we were going to get tickets to, uh, to Hawaii to go visit some family over there and oh, they like a great family trip to Hawaii Yeah, in, uh, in yeah, end of January Story And so, uh, we'll see if we, what goes uh, above and beyond that. But we yeah. also, like I took the kids last week to, um, we go and I'll, I'll take them to go Christmas shopping for, for Emily. So I'll take yeah. them to like some stores and, and they get to pick out whatever they want to give, uh, yeah. to give my wife and I always find that super funny because she'll be like oh you got me a candle thank you like it just like I don't know I used to do it when I was a kid and, and I always thought it was like a super fun thing to like give presents I still like giving presents is my favorite part of Christmas and so um I don't know if that's the same for my kids or not just the idea that like they get to you know buy presents and give presents uh we're trying to like encourage that so yeah yeah
0: it's a little difficult in the RV because, you know, you don't have as much space. I met with my parents this year. They finally live in a house for Christmas for the first time in 11 or 12 yeah. years. And I told my mom, I'm so excited. Your, your world has opened up for you with Christmas presents because before it was like, here's uh, some, co- some coins for the laundry mats, yeah. and here's a gas card, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's what, because there's not a lot of room. Yeah. So they're, they're, their world has opened up a little bit for them this year, but Thank you so much, Nick, for like totally upping our cool factor. Oh, yeah. Like our kids think we're the coolest now. And you, this is all a tribute to you. We appreciate that. And we're so on board with your show. I love that you're being able to show people how to do adventure of all different and all different monetary forms. Like, I think it's so great for everybody to see. So we appreciate you taking time with us today um, in your your schedule with your kids. I wish we get to meet the kids, but, you know. Awesome. Watch them on your episode; they're adorable. <laughs> You're doing a great job. Parenting's Nick. hard. Keep at it.
2: <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. And next uh, time we come to uh, the Oklahoma Wave, maybe you guys will have to come visit. Absolutely. Okay, be great. I know it.
0: Drew follows you everywhere, so I'm sure he'll keep us posted as to your yeah. whereabouts. We'll probably find you somewhere.
1: Okay, Nick. I appreciate it, man. Awesome. Thanks. You
2: guys so much. have a merry Christmas. Peace out. Peace out. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Well, did he convince you? I mean, before this interview on a scale from one to 10, how on board with you with RVing like were you?
1: I was probably a four to do it as a lifestyle. And now? I'm probably a six or a seven. What? Yes. Good job, Nick. Once I found out the toilet was easier than I thought, I'm like, okay, maybe I could do do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. As long as you're doing the toilet. Okay. Maybe we got something here. I'm going to do the toilet. Yeah. (laughs) No, but we just loved having Nick on. It's great to talk family and just how a younger family is just making it through life. Mm-hmm. And it was so cool to talk about his show, The Great yeah. Family Adventure.
0: And you want to go watch, even if you have kids of all ages, you want to go watch right now his their show, The Great Family Adventure. It's really good. Great for all ages. Our oldest son, 23, loves it. Yep. It's family friendly for all ages. It's really great. So I think we did good here, being on location in Keystone, Colorado for the first time ever. On site. On site.
1: On location.
0: (laughs) So time to go hit the slopes, right?
1: Okay, let's do it.
0: Party Party Five and a Half, over and out.
1: We'll see you next time.